Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for joining Pups Podcast, Train Your Dog. Pups promote positive interaction with animals, and Pups, your companion for life. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and also Google Business uh, with our handler PupsSG, which is P-U-P-S-S-G. Right? Or you can find us on our website at www.pups.com.sg. Again, Pups is P-U-P-S. In this series, we are going to talk about the crossover training. How do you uh, prepare yourself for switching from a aversive technique to a reward-based training technique? Today, we are very intrigued and very happy to have my dear friend, uh, Fred Liao, who has been uh, in competition together with me for the longest time. Fred has been a full-time military uh, dog trainer for 15 years. He lives with his wife, Carolina, and his dog, Jack Russell Terror Nimbrust. Either Rust to win the, uh, attain the Companion Dog Excellence uh, title at the age of four in the year 2011. His immense passion in dog training, Fred has constantly engaged in continual learning in the end in the field of the scientific method in dog training to better himself. He has traveled to the America, Europe, Australia, Taiwan, Thailand, Malaysia to attain to attend training conferences from time to time to keep abreast with dog training concept and methodology. It is an AVS appointed accredited trainer and he holds a diploma in training and behavior. He has also attended the renowned course Living and Learning with Animal uh, by Professor Susan Fredman. This podcast, uh, the main idea was to look at uh, the crossover training. Uh, right? So both of us, I think uh, we will be uh, the, the definitely the right person to talk about this topic because both of us came from the uh, aversive based training uh, or coming into reward base. Uh, so we truly understand uh, what it takes as a as a aversive trainer based trainer to a corrective based uh, to a reward based trainer. Uh, the mindset sh- uh, the mindset shift you know how we're going to do that and how we are going to uh, basically uh, you know see us through set. I mean we got to set some condition some uh, mini step, some progression that we want to see ourselves going through that. And then above all, I think it takes a lot of persistency. Lah, right? Because without the determination, I doubt um, many will be able to pull through. Lah. Because I remember when I was training uh, Max back then, right? when I do a crossover, uh, I was so, uh, what do you call that? Uh, what's the word called? Uh, it also tempted to apply back the punishment technique. No, it's like it, it becomes a, a time where I realized that, eh, how come my dogs become so dumb? <laughs> you know, when I was using aggressive <laughs> training, right? They are not so, no, not not so uh, react. Uh, what, what you call that? Not so. Um, you know, they are they are not as at least they are not not the right word to say passive la. They will rather they are still at least able to answer to respond to your command. Uh, you can see that at least there's some feedback in between uh, the old, the trainer and the dog la. So I can see that uh, when I move to a. Uh, 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 reward base, right? So uh, Max was looking at me like, "Wow, what do you want? You know, what is it? Take uh, is is it need for me? You know, so that I need to 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 follow whatever uh, uh concept that you are going to start training. You know, so that is the the main uh gist of it, lah. But of course, uh, before we go into the 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 uh, interview proper, right? So we need to define what is uh crossover training, lah. 
Uh, so crossover training to me, end of the day is uh, anyone that uh, start training from a aversive technique and then switched uh, to a brand new concept of uh, uh, reward-based red training, right? And also, uh, also from the mixed training. Uh. So today we hear a lot of, uh, you know, uh, different concept. Uh. There is a mixed concept. Uh, there is a purely pure positive. Uh, and there is a, uh, we call that the uh, aversive standing and things like that, right? Uh, so uh, we are not really going to drill down into that, to that nitty-gritty difference. Uh. Uh, here we are talking about mm. uh, having a mindset shift, how you and me has come through it, uh, and how you, you to you as a, as a trainer, right? I want to ask you is that um, when you are still a aversive trainer, right, as an aversive uh, 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 dog trainer, right, uh, how, how do you look at uh, dog training per se, you know, and what makes you wanted to uh, make the switch to a positive uh, rhyme? I think that would be interesting. Yep. So, correctly pointed by you, I started off with aversive training, all right. So, as an aversive trainer, where we call it a confrontational or you, you say the compulsive training, all this, or these are all some of the naming convention. So, what happened is that when I start to do a switch, especially when I start to travel overseas, so happen to to look at some other dogs they are walking happily and uh, I so happen to be uh, go, traveling to one of the uh, overseas to look at one of the competition and then I was looking at my the, the competition I was just looking at the dog they are all like walking happily but I do not understand that there's happiness actually as an aversive trainer right at the point of time you only say that okay I say heal you walk I say sit you sit you know that's the only thing you you have. The, the the real crossover comes when I really see a dog sparkle in their eyes, paying a lot of attention and walking very nicely with the dog with with, uh, with energy and with uh, with attention. Then I ask myself, why is my dog not behaving the way they behave? Like? So mm -hmm. from there, I you know during those time, internet was not still. Uh, it's not something that uh, is popular. So I start to go to uh, to do some research to the library and then slowly the internet was also in. That's where I really go into uh, to do some research about dog behavior. Hmm. And I started off by understanding dog body language. Hmm. So I believe that all of us, I, I should also say that some aversive trainer or rather people that train dog using aversive method, it's not that they want to do the aversive method. It's just that they do not know actually there's a better way to do it. Because they are so 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 I was I was that lah, you know. So I and we thought that that is the only way and everybody is doing the same. And it is true that during those times, right? When we talk about reward-based training training, where everybody is saying what is reward-based training? Because at the point of time, the, the theory was then dominant theory. It's only normal that we must be the boss. We must act like a pack leader. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. And I was really uh, indoctrinated in such a way that I must always be the top dog. So with that kind of thinking, obviously, you follow that kind of method. Mm -hmm. You know, say, you know with, with, with that kind of thinking that you must eat first, you must walk in front, you open the door, the dog can, cannot walk in front of you. It is the kind of thinking that that's why you, you resort to that kind of method. But, but with that kind of understanding, you also have very, very minimum knowledge because that's the only knowledge you have. 
So when I start to, like I mentioned, when I start to understand about dog body language, and I, when, I, when, I, when I go and really Google and look at the dog body language to say that, okay, if the ears is back, if the mouth is shut, and uh, the posturing, then I start to recall, I say, actually, my dog is actually quite sad. Because according to the picture it shows on, in a book and in the internet, right? Actually, my dogs are very sad. So I say, why am I making my dog sad? Because what I want is actually a happy dog. But at point of time, we didn't know that he's not happy. Then I was also asking, why is my dog always yawning, licking his lips? When you say a command, he licks his lips. We, we didn't know that about, about that, right? Then finally, when I really start to understand that, oh my God, all those things that I've been doing to the dog, right? It is not what the dog wants, it's what you want. So that was a, that was a big shift. The first, the first thing I, I got to notice is really about the dog's body language. Then from there, I dig in deeper to go into the learning theories about, you know, the commonly learning theories about operant and classical conditioning. And then from there, it, it, takes, it takes a while for me to grab the concept. And to be very frank, it takes me almost, I would believe almost four years to really switch over. I have the same sentiment at you because we have been training dog for this way, right? And then suddenly you say that, okay, I'm not going to uh, check the dog. You're not supposed to do this. You're not supposed to do that. Mm. And then sometimes, exactly what you mentioned is this. I also have a sense sentiment. Why is my dog not behaving the way that I used to be when I used to use the choke chain or use the, the, the method? And the dog don't seems to be very obedient. But once you really understand the theory of it, it is really simple. Because those behavior that was maintained was, by, it was only been maintained by punishment. So mm. when your punishment goes away, right, obviously the dog is going to show you his true color. So that is the part that it is difficult to, to uh, if you do not see yourself through and you are not patient enough, you will revert, revert back to whatever that it, it thinks that it works. Mm. It is only when you have the true knowledge of how the dog sees the world and how the dog learns. Yeah. And I was lucky to persist through it. And then uh, and within about three to four years, all the things that I used to, to, to look at some dog's behavior that I still think that I still can use some punishment-based training. I cannot find the, the real answer to use a, a scientific proven method. So it takes me about almost four years okay, to fully believe and come up with my own philosophy of uh, using, I wouldn't say purely reward-based training because I cannot uh, I, 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 I cannot because every time when they put a, when people say force free, right, it is very difficult, a, a very difficult concept for me to grab it because when they say force free means there's no pressure at all. Mm. But because when you put a collar on the dog, right, the dog, when the dog is going to pull away from you, if it is a young dog or whatever, right, there will be pressure. So I cannot say that I'm a force free, but I can say that I will use uh, the minimum uh, uh, aversive method. Or rather, I would say that my, my theory is always based on this thing that we always call the Lima, least intrusive and minimum aversive in that philosophy. And that's how we continue to train the dog. Yeah. And then back to, uh, I also get to see many examples about dogs that are trained using aversive method. Uh, case in point, there was this dog that I was training. I still remember. His name was Lucky. 
So he was really aggressive. Okay, he will bite anybody that comes into the home. So the owner uh, called me in to go and look at the dog. Yep, I said that, okay, this dog is dominant. He wants to rule the home. So we must uh, cripple him down to the bottom of the ladder. That was the thinking, right? So I strapped him on on the e-collar and we, I pretend to be one of the guests that's coming in and I taught the owner to hit the e-collar at the highest level and he charged at me, he, he just pressed the e-collar and the dog obviously jumped and he ran away. And we did that once or twice and miraculously now the dog really never bite anybody. But the truth is, on the 24th of December, uh, somewhere at, uh, I think it was 1990-something, right? I can't remember. So it was an eve of Christmas Eve, and the owner of Lucky called me. Fred, Lucky has sent somebody into hospital, and the guy have, would have taken easily about 30 to 40 stitches. I said, what happened? He said he didn't know. Then I said, I thought we had picked Lucky. Okay, and that was also one of the points that made me cross over because we are all using a basic method until when you really understand about learning theory. What we did was basically uh, hit the e collar so hard that the dog just go into total avoidance. And on the eve of Christmas, where there was a party, Lucky was hiding under the table, and I've got one person that's drunk and say, Oh, this dog looks friendly, and he go and touch him, and there he goes 30 or 40. So it is, it is a simple thing about a dog does have, the dog do, the dog did have a problem and all you did was you just shut him off and you're just taking the sensor out. You just have taken the sensor out of the fire alarm. And that really wakes me up as well. That let me see a very good perspective because I say what happened? I thought we already fixed it. So aggressive method sometimes it can work. Miraculously, some, then you have to consider you're lucky. Okay, you can consider and 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 I also see a lot of cases that uh, I I should even say this I should feel apologetic to all the dogs I've been training last time they use the method and I'm also not trying to tell you that I still meet some of the people that I uh, they did training with me I was just asking them hey how's the dog it looks like they all didn't tell me the dogs are very well behaved <laughs> yeah you know. Yeah, and 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 as as just goes by, when I start to uh, continue learning and continue attending class, online courses, and frankly speaking, in Singapore, uh, there are mixed camps of trainers still doing uh, the way that I used to do. I I I wouldn't say that I would not want to comment about who is right or who is wrong. This is the way people like to do it. It's just that uh, I'm lucky that I've evolved. I've evolved to 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 do the way that I think that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I think uh, this. I think you have said very uh, correctly. Uh, I think uh, aggressive technique end of the day is a suppression technique, huh? right? So like for the case of uh, Lucky, which is a, a very sad case, uh, he was suppressed until the time where he maybe he couldn't make he couldn't uh, he couldn't anymore. Uh, or suppress that that emotion you know that's where it all gets you know exploded and then the attack happens right uh, so uh, as I I think I, I heard from a 
a, a behaviorist before. I can't remember his name. Right? He was saying that uh, in, in today's world, if you look into our security services, right, people who are doing the uh, police force, the armed forces and things like that, right? You realize that they are all uh, holding guns, you know, uh, as a form of protection, as a form of deterrent as well. Right, so they have handcuffed, they have, uh, you know, the baton, uh, you know, and all the, all the stuff to protect themselves. And you realize that all the criminals uh, that they are going after, right, can you imagine if, if, you are a uh, if you are a criminal and if you are being busted, right, uh, you are going to be so-called, uh, you know, be thrown under, uh, inside the jail for your next 10 to 20 years. Imagine 10, 20 years of your life is behind bar. You know, wouldn't you turn aggressive? I will, no. Imagine there's a big chunk of my life lost, you know. So that's how I see uh, aversive in the tannic, right? Because uh, due to that, the dog has this concept that, you know, you are going to, uh, you know, take away a lot of my freedom, right? Because you are you are not allowing me to do this and do that, you know. And uh, and the only way to protect themselves is to really go uh, what we call forefront and go for attack mode, you know, then that's where all the attacks happens, right? I think uh, that's something that is good food for thoughts, but I think we can literally uh, manage that, right? So, uh, uh, Fred, so I just quite interested because there are some questions that people ask us, right? Some of the uh, normal objection that we see, you know, uh, on on the journey to become, uh, on the journey to change to a, uh, basic trainer to a corrective based trainer, right? So people will tell us that they say, hey, uh, Fred, I've tried before and it doesn't work. What, what is your take on that? What, what do you want to uh, give your advice to people who are in this stage? First of all, we must understand reward-based training is not just by using treats. Okay? So if you have a trainer or rather if you have seen if you have seen a trainer that's educated and really understand about the modern learning science, probably he can guide you very, very much better. But if you just listen from a friend and say that, oh, now you don't punish, you just use treats. Remember something, reward-based training, the modern science training is not about just giving treats. There are much, much more to it. Okay. And as I mentioned, one of the, problem that I see in Singapore about dog's behavior is always they are not able to set up the antecedent arrangement properly. And that is a big, big thing. So when you talk about antecedent arrangement means it's a setting that the dog is going through. And if you think that just by shoving treats into the dog's mouth and the dog is going to behave the way that you want to behave, and it's not going to work. For sure it's not going to be, be work. So that, that, that is also some of the reason that you will think that you will want to revert back to some compulsive method. But as what I mentioned, okay, the confrontational method will have will, will easily backfire at a certain part of the time. So I would say that when you say that the reward-based training method don't work right, means you are not really doing properly. And probably you have not found the correct way to do it because there are much, much more uh, learning theories behind how to... Uh, I, would, I, I don't even want to use the word called correct. Okay, there are much more, much more better way to redirect and guide the dogs to the way that we want to. Dogs are simple animal. They do what they works for them. Okay, and they will always avoid things that. Uh, that's why sometimes the aversive method does work in that manner because 
they are trying to avoid a lot of stuff. Okay, so so reward based when you say that your reward based method don't work, is very very likely you have not uh do it the correct way. Yeah, I think that's that's the right way to, to say. Uh, because I, I always believe if I have not as uh, so called fully understand it hundred percent of the way of how this training technique can work, then I cannot conclude that say this technique is not workable, right? Because uh, reward based, don't forget, it's a science based training technique, right? And it has been uh it has been coined like sometime in nineteen sixty something, if I'm not wrong, nineteen sixty eight, if I'm not wrong. Right, it was coined as a positive reinforcement. That was a, a relatively long time, really. You know, so uh, uh, yeah. So I, I, I truly believe that uh, if you have really tried and you did diligently, has do what uh, the training system calls you to do, uh, you should have a relatively uh, uh, good success. Uh, we also heard about the common uh, objection of like positive reinforcement are not practical. Um, how how do you look at that? I think, I think about this is really about what is your expectation about what you want to do to your dog. It will not be practical to you when you demand a dog that is an animal to do whatever you want in like one day, two day, immediate, immediate. So the thing is when you want the immediate kind of behavior, all right, you basically can do that with the compulsive method and you just shut him down. Then you will not bark, you will not do anything. But is that what you really want to? So it's really about uh it's, it's really about the perspective of your expectation. Alright. So let me give you an example. Today if you got a if you got a baby, for example, you don't know about anything, okay, and he's crying, what do we do? You stab him on the face? You don't do that, right? And the dogs the same thing, they are a living thing. Alright? So the thing is if you tell me that I want the dog to stop barking by slapping him, then I gotta ask yourself whether will you slap your, your sleeping baby or not? If let's say you cry. So it's not about the practicability, but actually it's your expectation. Mm. Okay, so so I so that's why I say when you fear that it's not practical because you want immediate result. And the immediate result is just going to be probably you want to you want it to be instant. And then you compare with the reward-based training, then you think that it's not practical. Remember something, all good soup need time to brew. Or unless you are just one person that just have a, just want a dog, and then you expect him to be, uh, expect him to be a robotic kind of uh, living thing. And the more you expect it, right, the worse it will be because there are living things and you are, you are doing things that is really totally against their nature, it will give you problem eventually. Also, I think the reward-based training, when you think that it's not practical, is because that you have really not fully understand and empathize about how this animal sees the world. Okay, that's a good, that's a good point there. Uh, I have not thought of it as in this uh, expectation mismatch in the sense. You know, uh, I think that is a, a true uh, revolution, uh, even to myself as a trainer, right? And uh, the next question is something that uh, I think is, is quite interesting to, to, to look at. Uh, people are saying that force is necessary for dogs with behavioral issue, right? So uh, I know that you are a trainer from the uh, military, a dog trainer for the military. So you will have seen a lot of very 
uh, challenging and very uh, dominant stock per se, right? So how, how do you really deal with that? Yeah, first of all, uh, it is true that in the military working dogs, they are very high strung. They are, have a very high energy and they can be quite big at a certain point of time to handle them. But I think it is not the force that makes the dog comply. It's the true communication where I utilize a lot of marker training. And I one person that truly believes that dogs, especially the working dogs, because the way they're bred, they're bred, right? They are really bred to work with a human. And if today we don't have a, a system to guide them to do what you want them to do, you, and the only way that you want to do is to use force and force again. In my own experience, right? This dog is just going to give you problem eventually. All right, so it is totally not true that, uh, train a military working dog or a high-strung dog, you need to use force. So it is not about the force. It is really the true communication that you, you, you teach the dog. And knowing that, like what I mentioned, the dogs are always very highly motivated. Mm. And the more you should use reward to train them because they want what, what you have. So it's, again, it is the lack of knowledge that you have, then you will, you will then resort back to the force. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I remember when I go to the GSD club, right, many years ago, uh, I think, I mean, even to today, I realized that uh, when they're on training, uh, the poor German Shepherd will have quite a number of things on their head, right? So they have the e-collar, uh, the prong collar, the choke chain. So, wow, it, it really uh, pains me to see what you, you are subjecting your dog into such immersed uh, 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 pain, you know, in order to learn compliance. I think you, you rightfully put it, right? It's all about the communication. I think uh, what Susan Garrett uh, believe is that, you know, if, with all these very highly uh, uh, motivated dogs, right, what you need to do is to really capture what they want, right? To put their reinforcement uh, on cue, right? So for example, if this working dog really likes to, you know, uh, you know, to uh, 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 maybe to his his intention, oh. right? And that will on, that will only be uh, uh, able to achieve if you know how to use the sleeve as the motivator to to and then encourage the dog to 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 do that. Uh, after you have teach your dog what is the the training process, for example, the dog needs to uh, hold, you know, uh, to restrain themselves until they got the release cue, release cue to go for the cue for the sleeve. In fact, there's another question that, uh, you know, uh, that is always ringing in our head when it comes to crossover. Uh, here, it, it, people are saying that my dog is so different, you know, uh, that's why uh, positive training maybe cannot work with my dog. Uh, what, what is your take on that? Uh, again, I think we should look at this in this perspective as well. Every dog is different. And a lot of people tell me, hey, my old dog, He's so well behaved, and now uh, my this dog has a lot of issue. So the thing is that in our lifetime, right, for any dog owner, right, in their lifetime, probably they, if they're lucky enough, they probably have maybe about three to four dogs in their lifetime. But sometimes we have seen so many, many dogs, right? Okay, so back to the question is this. Uh, so you're saying that uh, 
So maybe maybe let's put it the other way. So because my dog is so different, that's why the that's why they are not suitable for positive reinforcement training. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's not about the about. Okay, first of all, I want to tell you the modern science training method applies to all animals. Okay, all right. So I, so again, it is a misunderstanding and a mismatch of the the knowledge that you have. That's why you think that it cannot be done. Mm. Okay, mm. all right. So so it has been proven over and over again. If I can tame, or I rather, I wouldn't say I I I I, should, I, I shouldn't say that I tame, but if I can get a lion that is wild to be cooperative with, with the modern way of uh, training uh, where I can put a string and take blood from them and getting that kind of cooperative cooperation from them, right? Why are you talking about your dogs that is like different and they can't they can, uh, um, they can adopt this, the, 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 mm. the way that we want to do it? Mm. So again, it's back to the lack of the knowledge. Hmm. That's a good. That's a good uh, explanation. Yep. Sorry, you are saying something. So I say, I say, I when you say that it's different, it's again, uh, it's uh, lacking of knowledge. Just like remember when I first cross over, I also say that this is this. There are a lot of things that I cannot do, and it's because I didn't know how to do it. And so hmm. when you have the same thinking, I really, I, I can resonate why you're thinking that way because. Uh, when I was a trainer, even myself, there are certain things that I think that I cannot fix it with reward-based training. Mm. Right, but, but eventually I have found, I wouldn't say 100%, but most of the problem behavior, it can be redirect or guided using the modern science. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think there's 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 a good suggestion there. So maybe Fred, maybe we want to bring you to uh, the next step where, like for example, uh, if I'm right now, our listener are right now in the crossover situation, you know they are having they are facing some uh, difficulty, uh, being uh, not being able to communicate clearly with the dog, right, due to the change of training concept or or, or technique that they have used from the perceived to corrective. And it seems to be quite uh, a big challenge. Um, you know, to, for, to your, from your experience, what do you, what, what, what will you be saying to, to this, this person that's facing this problem right now? And what will you do uh, to address that? Okay, first of all, we must understand that dog training is unregulated. Okay. So if you, if you, if you are having a lot of problem, uh, you might be serving the internet, uh, looking for solution, you can even take an online course to, to to study about dog behavior. You know, all these are things that can help you. But eventually, you still have to look for somebody that truly understand how to direct you. Mm. So I think that I I I think that will probably will, will really cut down your learning curve to look for a proper trainer that that, that totally. Understand about uh, the modern way of training. So, in that, in other words, you are saying that uh, maybe a professional help will do the will, will help you to so called uh, cut down your learning curve. Yes, that's precisely. You probably will have to still look for professional help, uh, and and find the correct find the correct. Uh, person to do it for you because I say 
dog trainer is unregulated. So you still have to uh, uh, look for the correct person at the same time, do some research, uh, read some good books that is uh, uh, very scientific. And, and then you have to trust your instinct as well. So my, my take is this. If today you look for a trainer and he tells you that uh, your dogs are trying to be funny, your dogs is trying to be stubborn, straight away you already know that probably that, that's the time that you really have to look elsewhere because dogs are not stubborn. So sometimes we, when, when a trainer, even, even today a lot of trainers, they are using the clicker, they, they are saying that they are using treats, okay? Because this is the way the trainers are marketing at this point of time because everybody is saying, oh, we must, we must be kind with animal, we, sh we should use the, the correct way. But in actual fact, everybody can hold a clicker and just click and then say that they are rubbish trainer. Mm. Yeah. So the, the, the way to, to so-called eliminate or rather look for a trainer, talk to them carefully. And there are some signs, symptoms to tell you that they are not the truly reward-based trainer, especially they can tell you that, you know, the dogs are fearful, uh, the dogs are stubborn, you know. So, you, so, so these are some of the things that you can look out for because at the end of the day, when I say you look for professional help, right, you still have to really exercise your common sense and really look for those people that really can help you. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think that is, that is, I think that is true. I, I, I remember when I started doing training, right, I tried to read uh, a few books. I go to the library like yourself. I think uh, at this at our age, back then, the internet wasn't very uh, uh, pop uh, popular in the sense, or not many people can afford the, the internet. Uh, let's, let's put it that way. Uh, go to the bookstore, we borrow the books, we try to emulate what is in the book. Uh, but uh, to my surprise, uh, I didn't get it to... to to, to be successful, not even a single thing with my dog, you know. So what happens is that I end up yeah, uh, seeking for a professional trainer. And since then, uh, I have a lot of success, you know, after being taught by a professional, the way to look at how dogs work, you know, how to motivate them and things like that. I think that's really uh, helped us a lot, right? Okay, so, uh, right. Uh, thanks, Fred, for joining us for today's uh, interview for the crossover. Uh, maybe for the... For the, for the closing, maybe you'd like to give us a, a word of advice uh, for us who are looking to training our dog positively. Uh, what are the things that we should be looking at? You know, uh, what are the things that uh, we should be, uh, should be mindful of uh, as we uh, embark on the journey of this uh, reward-based training? I, I think, first of all, it's really important to start right. Okay, a lot of behavior issues, you must remember that dogs are they are animals, they do have their, uh, some sort of instinct, their inner behavior that always doesn't suit in our domestic setting. So, and when that happens, and, and, and you always go against your will about not uh, letting them do uh, what you want them to do. Basically, you're just letting, you, you must understand how does the dog sees the world and it's, it's very important to start right. So if you have a puppy, okay, before you even get a puppy, ask yourself your lifestyle, do you think that you have enough time for a puppy because it's a living thing. He's not a goldfish that you can put inside the tank and let him swim the whole day and he can go to work. 
Okay, first of all, it's important. It is important to check, ask yourself whether do you have the committed time because it's going to be a living thing. If you have not planned well and you just get a dog in, and a lot of time that you will create a lot, a lot of problems. So start young. Uh, use always use the modern science way of training and uh, uh, do all your research, find a good trainer, okay, to help you to go through at least to fix, the, to, to talk you through the correct, correct way of bringing the dog up because you cannot be paying a trainer for like three years. It will never happen. Mm-hmm. But it's important if you have a puppy, all right, or you have a, to start at least in the correct mindset because the, the, the correct way of doing it right will, will, will guide you along what are the do and don't. So if you, so that's why it's important to have the understanding of uh, using the modern science of way to train the dog. Mm-hmm. So to start right and also uh, embracing the modern science training technique. Uh, should be the way to go uh, as we bring out our young puppy, right? I think uh, I think you got a good point because all of us, uh, I remember when we, uh, most of the people, most of the clients that comes to us are usually they are not prepared for the for the dog. They thought that uh, they are buying back uh, a very compliant uh, animal that they can just close them in the, in the cage and then that's it, you know, when they don't have the time for, it, for, for that living thing. And, you know, of all you know that all hell all hell breaks loose right when you have a puppy that's very indifferent a uh, puppy that has a lot of energy puppy that has a lot of expression you know that wants to show it to you and things like that uh, it becomes very interesting right and how to uh, provide the early puppies uh, social socialization and how to get uh, to start well with your puppy I think that is the uh, the main uh, the main thought of the day. Lah. So in order to start well and start right, I think that's the key that I think you are trying to put that across, right? Yes, to, to, to really have to have some committed time to, to bring up a well uh, socialized dog, you need to commit some time to it. But if you think that it's a dog that you just can just bring it home and hopefully that he'll be well behaved, I can be quite sure I am I, I am quite sure that you will give you a problem later on. It can be the best temperament dog. You will still give you a problem because he's a dog. He's an animal, we are the human. And our expectation is different. And when we start to expect a lot from the dog, uh, then naturally we're going to have create conflict. Maybe I just to add on, whether the dog is going to be well-behaved or not, actually it's very, very uh, subjective to the owner. Because some owners will be saying that it's okay, my dog can jump out to the sofa. My dog can sleep on my bed. But to another owner, right, he thinks that that is like totally not acceptable. So whether mm-hmm. whether whether you 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 think that that is a bad behavior is your is a human's perspective. Mm-hmm. The dog is just doing what he the dog's behavior is just being reinforced or 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 you know, being punished. So they are just doing things that, uh, that work for them. Mm-hmm. All right. So the, so at the end of the day, it's really about your expectation and uh, maybe a foot of thought is also, if you start to train your dog, you need to put in time and don't expect anything miraculous just by, 
one hour he will be fixed, he will never be fixed because all good things take time. Right. So so train well, train positive and uh I hope that Singapore uh will have lesser uh dogs problem and and the only way to do it is to get people to be educated and to employ the, the, the most suitable way to train the dogs. Because it is a it is a way that we live in a small country where where we want all the dogs to be well behaved and so hopefully that the dogs are are better accepted in our society as well. Mm. It's very well said, uh, Fred. Uh, so once again, thank you, Fred, for joining us for this uh, the crossover training uh, podcast. Uh, we want to thank you for your participation. Right. Thanks. I'll see you again. Thank you, Dexter. Okay. Thank you, Dexter.